scripture which is found on page 1765, Romans chapter 14, verses 1 through 13. Hear the word of God. Accept him whose faith is weak without passing judgment on disputable matters. One man's faith allows him to eat everything, but another man whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. The man who eats everything must not look down on him who does not, and the man who does not eat everything must not condemn the man who does, for God has accepted him. Who are you to judge someone else's servant? To his own master he stands or falls, and he will stand, for the Lord is able to make him stand." One man considers one day more sacred than another. Another man considers every day alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. He who regards one day as special does so to the Lord. He who eats meat eats to the Lord, for he gives thanks to God. And he he who abstains does so to the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives to himself alone, and none of us dies to himself alone alone. If we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. For this very reason, Christ died and returned to life so that he might be Lord of both the dead and the living. You then, why do you judge your brother, or why do you look down on your brother? For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. It is written, as surely as I live, says the Lord, Every knee will bow before me, and every tongue will confess to God. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. Therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in your brother's way. This is the word of God for the people of God. He may be seated. Well, I know some of you have probably wondered what I was talking about a few weeks ago. I've said this many times. I made a comment. I said, there's no place for religion in this church. Now, how many of you are willing to say you didn't know what I was talking about? Nobody puts their hands up. (laughs) Okay. But what I meant was, the reason I say that is because what do you think of when I say religion? Think of Christianity? That's my religion right? That's the term that we've come to know. If I look up religion in the Bible, it says something like, and I'm going to have to go by memory, um, a series of doctrines or beliefs, sometimes of a spiritual leader, and sometimes of a creator. Makes sense, right? Well, I often say this, religion is man's attempt to reach God. We came up with religion because we knew God existed, we wanted to know him more, and we wanted to come up with these things. And throughout the years, we don't do this anymore, at least not in this area. You know, if we think back to ancient Greece, they had various temples. A temple for the god of the sun, a temple for the god of the water, a temple for the god of thunder. I had a temple for all the different gods. They were making up all these different temples because they didn't understand. And they said, well, we want to make sure we please each one of them. They didn't realize that there was only one God. And Paul tried to talk about that when he visited Corinth. And he says, you have this thing says to an unknown God. Well, I'm here to tell you who this God is. 
He's the only God. So in their attempt to reach God or many gods, they came up with various rules and doctrines. And even today, in our attempt to reach God, we come up with various rules and doctrines and standards, if you will, trying to be pious, trying to be closer to God, thinking that if we follow these rules, then God will love us. That's not what Jesus said. In fact, he condemned the Pharisees for following their rules, trying to reach God. He condemned them. I've told you this before, and I heard this years ago, and it was just a beautiful illustration of what the Jewish people have done. God gave them the law through Moses on Mount Sinai. He said, look, do these things. Okay, and many of them were ceremonial things like to be set apart from the rest of the nations. Many of them were moral standards, the Ten Commandments. I mean, it's not a good thing to kill someone, not a good thing to steal, to commit adultery. You know, those are pretty much societal standards these days, too, most of them. But anyway, that was never intended to be how they got close to God. That was to, to set them apart, to show the world that God is real and I've set these people apart. They're going to follow these rules because of me and they're different than what all the rest of you are following. But they're also showing that you can't get to God on your own, that you need a Savior. And his whole intention was to show that Jesus would come and die on the cross and that's how we get to God. So religion is man's attempt to reach God, but God's success in reaching us is Jesus Christ. So what happened? Why do we still have these rules that we follow? Not just rules. Why do we have these standards? Why do we have these beliefs that we follow when Jesus is really the only thing that we need? What do I mean? I was trying to teach the kids something today. And I, seriously, I didn't know why I was bringing these eggs, but as we were, I was standing up here, God was downloading to me things to say. So this egg comes out once a year around Easter time, and there's all kinds of different eggs. And we know that rabbits don't lay eggs. And we know that uh, Easter comes from the word Ishtar, which was a false goddess, the goddess of fertility. We know that um, Israel we used to worship Asherah poles, which were fertility poles. Um, we'll leave it at that. And we know that, that God didn't like that. So why have we adopted Easter into our tradition? Well, there's many different reasons why mainly because it represents newness of life. And we know that Jesus brings newness of life. So what am I getting at? Am I about to tell you we shouldn't celebrate Easter? Absolutely not. Would I have told you that 10 years ago, 12 years ago? I might have. I was going through a time, I guess it's been, gosh, it has been 18 years since I went through that time. So 18 years ago, I would have told you, you shouldn't celebrate Easter. You shouldn't celebrate Christmas. I was going through a time where someone that I had met tried to convince me that all this pagan stuff in the churches, God is going to be so angry with Christians. He's going to condemn them in the last day. And Matthew 7 was talking about these people. 
No, no. I believed it at the time because I didn't know any better. But as I continued to press into God, he taught me what's the only thing that matters. What is the only thing that matters? It's so simple. It's right on the tip of your tongues. Jesus. Jesus is the only thing that matters. Jesus. So, am I saying that it's okay to worship false gods? No, I didn't say that. But when you worship Jesus and you celebrate a holiday that we call Easter, are you celebrating a goddess of fertility? Many of us grow up not even realizing that who Ishtar was. How are we worshiping her? We're not. We're worshiping God. Does God care about our traditions? Yes and no. If our traditions take away from him and his son, then yes, he very much cares. But if our traditions don't take away from his son, then he looks so he, he doesn't he gives us grace. Because honestly, if we boil it right down to it, there's nothing we can do or say that is pleasing to God because we're all sinners. But we're not going to go that far. We're not going to get that extreme. But what I'm saying is, if you worship God and you want to call it Easter, call it Easter. If you worship God and you want to call it Resurrection Sunday, which is what I started calling it when I said, oh, I can't do that anymore, then call it Resurrection Sunday. If you want to call it Sunday, April 9th, then call it Sunday, April 9th. I don't care what you call it. It's different every year. As long as you're worshiping God on that day and celebrating the resurrection of our Lord to remind us of the new life that we have been given, the old life is gone, the new life has come. I know some of you may disagree with me, and that's fine. But I really believe that Paul was very clear not just in Romans 14, not just in Titus chapter 3, not just in 1 Timothy, everything he taught. He taught Jesus plus nothing equals life. That's God's algebra. Jesus plus nothing equals life. Not Jesus plus, oh, you got to sing this certain song, you got to dress this certain way, you got to pray with your hand. That's religion. Anytime we add rules or traditions, and say, this is what we must do to get to God, that's religion. And you know where that comes from? It doesn't come from God. Religion comes from the devil. Religion comes from the devil. Yes, from Satan. In fact, the Apostle Paul, guys, you put my hand over my mouth, it gets really loud. The Apostle Paul talked about principalities and powers and dominions in this world in Ephesians chapter 6. And principalities is a term that is used in the King James Version and I believe in the ESV Version as well. In other translations, it might say angels or demons. It might say uh, dark forces. There's different things that it can be, but it's always talking about forces of the enemy, of Satan himself, his minions, his um, ranked fallen angels. We can call them many different things. But there's a high-ranking high demon, and we often refer to it as a principality, and they typically cover various regions. This entire region, I don't know how far it goes, Wheeling, uh, Belair, St. Clairsville, Martins Ferry, it may go all over the state of Ohio, I don't know. 
but there's a principality that kind of, if you will, governs this region. And I believe that God told me one day that the biggest thing that affects this region is not drugs. That's huge, but it's not drugs. It's religion. It is the single biggest problem in this area is religion. And it's a huge problem because we drive people away with religion. When we make them feel like they're not comfortable in this church or any church, that's religion and that's bad. Everybody is welcome here. No matter what, they are welcome here to hear the word of God preached because we're not the ones convincing them to give up their sinful lives. God is. And if they're coming to a place where God is preached, they're coming to the right place. But when we make them feel like they're not comfortable, and I'm not saying anybody here has done that, but if we ever do, we're wrong. That's why I said there's no place for religion in this church. We can have our traditions. We can have our acceptable standards, I guess, if you will, as long as they don't drive people away. As long as everyone is made to feel welcome, as Romans 14 says, and I encourage you to go home and read that again, Romans 14, 14. read the entire thing. It's just, God, Paul's making it very clear, that God's making it clear through Paul that he accepts everyone if they believe in his son. And guess what? That goes back to the Old Testament. In the book of Exodus, chapter 15, God's outlining the celebration of Passover. He says, the foreigner shall have no part in it. But if the foreigner decides that he wants to have part in it, he's welcome as long as he, in this case, becomes circumcised in the Old Testament as a way to represent a change, a belief, and an acceptance of what God has provided. In the New Testament, we would call it believing in Jesus death on the cross in this time and age. So when someone believes that Jesus died for them, they are accepted. If they're covered in tattoos, they're accepted. If they were born a man and look like a woman, they're accepted. I don't care what you do. If they have altered their body to make themselves look like a cat, if they believe that Jesus died for them, they should be accepted. They should be accepted. And we can say anything we want beyond that, but they should be accepted because they are part of the kingdom of God. Now, do they really believe or are they just trying to infiltrate? The Holy Spirit has given us a gift called discernment, which will help us determine that. And we take action based on what we discern corporately in those situations. But we can't judge people by the way they look. 1 Samuel 16, 7, God does not look at the outward appearance as man does. God looks at the heart. God looks at our heart, and he knows from our heart what our life will be and how it's different than it is now. He looks, and he knows. So we need to be sure that we are free from religion. How do we get free from religion? We work with God every day. God, what in me am I, what do I have a bias about? 
I had to say to God one day, God, help me accept Steeler fans. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I mean, seriously, in all seriousness, we need to ask, ask God, what do I have a bias against that I need to be more accepting? What do I need to stop judging people based on? How can I be more accepting? And I don't mean just blindly accepting. I mean working with the Holy Spirit because I'm telling you there will be people who look normal according to societal standards that will try to infiltrate this church or any church and they're not believers. And they're just coming in to cause disarray. They're just coming in to to shake things up and cause problems. And we'll know that because God will tell us through the Holy Spirit. May that day never come. I don't believe that day has come yet. I know some of you may be thinking of an example of someone from a couple months ago. I don't believe that person really knew what he was doing. And if he comes again, we'll deal with it. But anyway, what I'm saying is we can't just pass judgment based on the way people look. We can't pass judgment based on what people believe. We can't pass judgment by our own standards. Because if we do, that's religion, and God doesn't like religion. So why is Christianity not a religion? Christianity is a relationship, a relationship with God. It's not a set of rules and standards. It is a relationship And my relationship with God is different than yours. And each one of you, whoever's sitting next to you, your relationship with God is at a different level or different in some way, may get to different levels, may be unique to everybody else, may be somewhat like the person across the aisle. I don't know. But God knows. And everybody's relationship is personal. And we can't judge one another based on our relationship with God because it's personal. But Christianity is a relationship. It's not a religion. Sure, we have rules that try to get put in place. That's why we had that vote on March 9th, because of rules that were trying to be put in place, because of changes in doctrine, because the United Methodist Church is a religion. It is, and that's why we One of the reasons why we wanted to get out. Will the global Methodist church be a religion? Yeah, probably. And we'll see how things go. But what I'm saying is, if we focus on the fact that we have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, if we think that Jesus is the only thing that matters, everything else is extra, and I'm not saying, be like living in a blank world if we got rid of everything. We can't get rid of everything. But make your main focus Jesus Christ. Let everything go from there. Let everything be judged by that standard there. And you will live a world in a world free of religion. But the minute you step away from Jesus and you start to dabble in, well, I think we have to avoid a certain color in church every Sunday then you're just going back to religion. So stay with your relationship. And if you start to get pulled out, ask God to pull you back in. And you will find freedom from religion. I hope that helps you understand. If you don't know, if you've got more questions, please ask. 
I have had people ask me about sermons recently, and I was able to explain and make it a little more understandable for each individual. So please, don't be afraid to ask. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this freedom that you've given us. Freedom from illness. Freedom from bondage to sin. Freedom from religion. We pray, Lord, you continue to bring freedom to us and that we continue to understand it. And in so doing, we get closer to you. Lord, just remind us each and every day that it's not about who we are or what we do. It's about who you are and what you did for us. Then we'll be free from religion. And we ask this of you, Father, in Jesus' name.